yeah, it's a new year, it's a new podcast, who, it's a new me. From now on, I'm gonna sing all the intros, saying the intros of the podcast. <laughs> this is not, oh, this is not a good way, this is not a very professional way to be starting off a new decade of the podcast. The podcast has been going on for a decade now, and uh, this is a new leap. <laughs> yeah. Okay, hey, uh... Hey, this is Rob. <laughs> How about I do something a little bit more professional? Hey, this is Rob, and welcome to question number 72. How'd you get into vinyl records? It's my conversation with Scott Farrell and Stephen Williams of Down in the Valley Record Store here in Minnesota, a conversation about vinyl records. Oh, man, I'm so pumped about this because just like so many of the conversations of this podcast, I start off with one idea in mind. Here's what we're going to talk about. Here's the questions I want to ask you. But just like every conversation, if you go into it uh, open and with a little bit of curiosity, uh, you never know where it's going to take you. And this conversation was amazing. We talk about music, how we got into it, relationships, uh, the state of the music industry when it comes to selling tangible albums. This conversation was a freaking blast. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. Why do you ask me? Are you talking to me? Who are you? Pop quiz, hot shot. Quick me to talk. For those of you joining us for the very first time, my name's Rob Morgan, and for the past decade, the laugh, the entirety of the last decade, mm-hmm. I spent it traveling the world as a bassist and music director, and this is my podcast where I sit down over drinks on location with intriguing people that I've met to try and get past what it is they do, to find out who they are, why they do it, and what I can learn from them. I'm joined as always. As sometimes. As sometimes because yeah, it's been forever. Because I'm busy. I got work to do. By my wife, Sarah. Sarah, thanks for hanging out with me. You're welcome. I have been putting off this episode for weeks because I got back, spent the last ooh, maybe this is a good time to say this. I want to personally say a massive, huge ginormous thank you to any of you that joined up with me, that met up with me uh, in November and December for this experiment that I was calling Let's Cheers. Uh, If this is your first time listening to this and you have never, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? Let's Cheers was this idea. Uh, But hey, by the way, uh, do you want to pour a glass of Guinness? I do. What was I even talking about? Oh yeah, I was talking about the... Uh, the let's cheer. Anyways, I get in a weird when it comes to social media, and if I just make it about myself and I'm just posting updates about myself, all that I get in a weird, kind of dark place because, like, almost it's almost like an addiction that you feel required or compelled to do because your job yeah. uh, relies on it. Anyways, I just felt myself getting in that weird place, so I had this idea: what would happen if I use social media with the entirely the purpose? of meeting up with as many of you as possible in person as I was on tour with my buddy Dan Rodriguez. We were all over the U.S. We 
Literally. Literally all over the US. Anyways, I met up with tons of people. Uh, I just also think it's an interesting thing when it comes to creating stuff. I find it interesting. I'm, this is kind of my spiel lately is that uh, I think a lot of times we have ideas for things we want to create. I don't know. I wish someone would have told me back when I first started either doing this podcast or started doing music. Uh, I used to think that people that created cool things uh, set out with the completely formed idea in their mind of what it's going to look like, everything it's going to entail. Uh, and that's just not how it works. You start out, you have a little sliver of an idea and you go from there and it changes uh, it changes. A good example for me for this is that my plan was I was going to do a daily Guinness episode every day. I was going to whoever I met up with, we were going to record conversations, and I recorded like the first two of the conversations with people that met up with me to grab a beer before or after the shows, and it just I just got the vibe that I would rather meet everyone and hang out just in person without bringing a microphone into it. And so I had all these incredible conversations. So for all of you that I got to spend time with and hang out with and meet for the very first time, thank you uh, for for coming out and hang out and being a part of that. Uh, okay, I think our Guinness are done. Done cooking. They've been cooking. I Slancho. Slancho. I am so glad we don't have to deal with sponsors on the podcast. And this is actually, by the way, probably the last time I'm going to say this because we're bringing on some really fun sponsors for the rest of 2020. Uh, but if I did, if I were under contractual obligation, I would have to tell you that Guinness is the greatest beer known to mankind. If I were on a desert island and I were naked and afraid and lonely... <laughs> And I had one thing I could bring with me. It'd be a it, comforting glass of Guinness. It would be a comforting glass of Guinness. Number a close second would be long trousers and maybe some footwear. <clears throat> maybe yeah. a pocket knife. I would choose an airplane to fly myself back home. <laughs> what a I win. Man. Uh, let's just dive right in this conversation. I'm really pumped about this. Hey, uh, before we move on to this, I, I had a point with the whole daily Guinness uh, Let's Cheers Things thing. Change. What was that? Oh, yeah, that was soapbox. Uh, oh, yeah. This next week, uh, you and I are going to be in New Orleans for the rest of the week. What is today's, what is the date on Monday? 20th, 21st. This episode is going to come out on Friday, January, what oh, is it? 17th. 17th. And so the week after that, if you find yourself in New Orleans, if you live there, uh, last time I was there like two months ago, I don't know, are you down for that? Yeah, let's cheers. Yeah, let's cheers some Guinness. I, I, I don't know if there or are Or a any... Sazerac. Oh my gosh. Yeah, let's throw Guinness right out the window. Let's cheers over a Sazerac. Or something proper. Mm. Uh, if you're going to be in New Orleans, reach out to me. You can hit me up at thecuriouspod.com slash contact, or you can call the podcast hotline. The number's in the show notes below. Or on social media, all the usual ways, blah, blah, blah. I'd, I think it'd just be fun. Yeah. Hit me up. We're going to be there Monday through Friday of this next week. It's going to be a blast. Uh, okay, moving on to this. Sarah, I'm pumped about this conversation. Do you have any idea what this episode is? I'm trying to think what you've done recently. Is it a recent one or not really? I've been sitting on it for a bit. Oh, I remember you sitting on one. I don't remember though. Tell okay. Me. You and I were at Boom Island Brewery. And if that brewery sounds familiar to anybody listening to the podcast, I interviewed Kevin and Chusha, both separate uh, conversations on this podcast a while back. They yeah. were great conversations. But while we were there at Boom Island, it was a record store day in September. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> 
uh, we, I ended I think, what, oh man, I'm actually standing right by that, the vinyl albums that I picked out. I wonder if I have, if I can remember which ones I got. Uh, ooh, I picked up a Foo Fighters one. Uh, I got Tears for Fears. Holy crap, I'm pumped about this one. I got the uh, Songs from the Big Chair by Tears for Fears. I got a Paul Simon uh, record and a few other ones. Um, the record store that was doing the pop-up shop at the brewery is called Down in the Valley. It's here in the Twin Cities. I got in a really cool conversation with Scott and Steven, uh, who were both working pop-up shop and work for Down in the Valley. And uh, I actually ended up talking to Steven, saying, hey, do you have a second? Do you want to step outside and let's have a conversation about vinyl records? And so we recorded a daily Guinness episode. That episode is called, let me find it here, an intro to buying vinyl records. And it was done in September. Maybe I'll put a link in the show notes below. It's like a quick 10 minute conversation we had. It was so much fun chatting with him about it. I said, Hey, you guys, we need to sit down, uh, and talk vinyl records how you got into listening to them what do you think about the current state of the music industry when it comes to selling tangible music in a store this is your occupation your livelihood this is a passion of yours uh steven by the way sarah i found out in this conversation has six thousand oh my gosh vinyl records in Whoa. his personal collection at home Oh my it's gosh. ginormous. We talked about going over to his place at some point and doing like a party. I just want to see what, what that many records looks like. Is it like a whole wall? Is it a whole room? Oh my gosh. Who knows? Yeah, that is. That how do you, is how did you organize them? I think the technical term for 6,000 records <laughs> is a shitload. Yeah, maybe a shit ton, but also could be a shit. <laughs> I could be, be misbehaving. I can't that. remember. Yeah. Anyways, we sat down. I actually met them up. We got. Uh, we sat down in the back of the record store. Uh, brought some Guinness uh, in their back room of the record store, and love it was it. just a ton of fun. But the thing, the thing I loved about it, and the thing I love about this podcast is that I set out with a question in mind: How'd you get into vinyl records? Mm-hmm. But we ended up having a conversation that was more than that. We talked about how the three of us got into listening to music in general and sharing music and how uh, finding new music is such a relational thing yeah. and how it came, how really our, we shared our backgrounds about how friends got us into different music. And here's the deal. Hopefully, you know about this. I'm kind of embarrassed about my history of how I got into listening to music, the kind of music I listen to. Okay. Uh, and uh, I've never talked about it on the podcast. And for the first time, I dive into kind of my history. And, and I'm just, it's more than that for me. It's just owning my past, coming from a uh, evangelical Christian background where I wasn't allowed to listen to anything other than Christian music when I was growing up. Uh, and as someone that makes a living doing music now, and talking to my friends and learning about where they like their first bands and they're like, yeah. these guys, these incredible bands that I'm like, I took me till I was in my twenties to discover or like 18 when I moved out of house and moved up to Minnesota to start studying music. So it's just one more of those things that I just have kind of, I don't know, been a little bit embarrassed about. As you should be. <laughs> just, just kidding. But also it's kind of a step into embracing it. It's cool. I it's so funny. It it's such is. an obvious thing. I talk about on this podcast of not judging other people, mm-hmm. not judging their journeys. But it's just so funny without getting sappy how much harder it is to not judge ourselves in our own journeys. That's true. 
Uh, anyways, this conversation was a blast. Scott, Stephen, down in the valley, thank you so much for your time. Uh, let's just dive right into it. At Down in the Valley Music Store in Golden Valley, Minnesota. <laughs> oh, that's, that's sure. awesome. Yeah. I mean, I have a ton of assumptions coming in here, hanging out with you guys. Right. And my assumptions are just like intention, like you care about music, obviously, if yeah. you're doing this. Uh, you care about how people are finding music, I would assume, and how people are listening to music and the kind of music they're listening to or what you listen to, at least. Mm -hmm. And I mean, from our conversation, you sitting down, having beers, throwing on an album, yeah. and listening to it, do you ever... Have you ever done anything nerdy like pairing a beer or something with music? I just mm. drink shitty lagers, so I don't know. <laughs> it's like uh, PBR, Hams, <laughs> Green Belt. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. You know, I love high it. High life. Not even when you have a Blatt. lady over. Or... I yeah, yeah. Drink I mean, lagers. you know, like, they do so too. it was our anniversary couple weeks ago so my wife and i made a dinner right and yeah. so we made this great meal and so i threw on jazz you know some jazz records right yeah that's pretty um cliche i guess yeah. you would say <laughs> but um you know steven would probably put on like a jawbreaker record or something it would be his romantic tunes du jour i don't know Set the mood. I don't know. Grab a good I, job. <laughs> I don't know if I ever set the mood with music. That's, really? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What about okay. when you're with a lady at night? <laughs> okay. I let them pick. I try okay. to. Well, yeah. If you, I try to. If someone's over at my house, I try to, like, you pick a record because I, you know. Okay, because you have the, a, Out of the 6,000 records, you pick Yeah, I was going to say, but, you have a shitload of yeah. records at home. You were saying 6,000? Is that really. It's probably pretty close to that. Yeah, it's probably like. What? Yeah. Uh, I probably have, yeah, it's probably about, probably just a little under 6,000, half of probably our seven inch records. And it's almost, it's probably like 99% punk, metal, indie rock. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, Scott, do you have a, are you a collector? Do you have a, no, a big collection? No, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a collector at all. No. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I probably have a thousand records maybe. I don't know. Um, but regardless, I mean, Steven, uh. Has been collecting since he was a young man, and uh, he's also the guy that you don't want to become friends with when he's ready to move. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just moved. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, just nothing makes your friends hate your guts more than hey, do you mind coming over and remember that? Yeah. Remember the last four years of you coming over to my place and listen to records? Yeah. Payback's a bitch. Yeah, Cut over no here. one wants to move records. <laughs> okay, even I was I was kind of going cheesy with like pairing. What what would, what would happen if you paired like a a beer with music? Maybe that's too highbrow. Uh, but it is interesting. Like a no brainer is like pairing music with moments. Sure. Like even if it's not like with a like trying to bed up with someone, <laughs> <laughs> try to set the mood. But like down. obviously, yeah. like we're all kind of. I'm a super moody music listener. Where I'm yeah. like constantly okay. What is this? Like, what, what, what am I feeling right now? What does this moment need? So that kind of pairing is kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Any, anyways, I, I mean, don't know if you guys your opinion about you know, that. I remember that more when I was younger. I'd be like, you know, if I was in a certain mood, I had a certain record to go to. And uh, mostly it was probably angry or aggressive and whatnot. But I'm not really like that anymore. How about you? I'm still angry and aggressive. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's so, true. Yeah. yeah. What, what changed? Do you... Do you like what stopped that? Was it just the the suppression of anger? 
<laughs> I'm just old now. <laughs> uh, now I'm just too tired. Yeah. I'm too tired to be angry. Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> so 6,000 records. Where did this start? So you were saying when you were a kid. Like, do you remember? Um, like, where, Not like where's your first down, but do you remember when you first were like, I want to start collecting these, like holding uh, on to... It, it was different because I don't know if I like made a conscious decision to like collect records. It's just they were really cheap in the '90s, so like I'm 13 and I'm at my first show and it's a Dillinger Four show, and they don't have—I mean, they didn't even have any CDs or record or LPs, just seven inches in shirts and uh, seven inches three dollars, which is like un- unbelievable. Yeah, you know now in new records like seven inches like eight to ten dollars or more and then uh you know a shirt was like ten dollars so it's like i don't have a job because i'm 13 you know i have three dollars mm-hmm. so i can buy a record you know yeah but was everybody all your friends were they buying records no they're too? buying t-shirts because they right. had ten dollars so you your parents and me so you were <laughs> unique be in being that you bought records and your friends really weren't into doing um that? The, yeah you know i've never really thought about that i i mean i definitely had a of some friends buy records probably in high school. Well, not really. They're buying CDs now that I think about it. Like, yeah. there's probably one or two that definitely had records. Um, one thing that I remember is I had, there were older people, like a guy who ran a coffee shop in Mankato. He'd lend me, like, his Husker Du records, you know. And yeah. there's a lot of stuff like that. Like, uh, the older, like, punks in Mankato, you know, would turn you on would, to stuff. Would turn mm-hmm. me on to stuff or, like, hey, you know buy my old records because they needed money for beer or drugs or something you know, <laughs> or, you know whatever <clears throat> um true you know it's funny but it's also probably it's very so true you turned know? into an so, entrepreneur um uh, it didn't help that you yeah. were the drug dealer and getting people hooked yeah. like oh you know all you have to do is uh throw me a couple of those records and uh <laughs> yeah i wasn't selling drugs when i was 13 or at any point in my life yeah. to be fair but well now i sell music and that can be a drug or worse, more addicting. Yeah, I, I don't know when it turned into like more collecting. That's, I think probably more as I like started working at a record yeah. store. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, well, I already have this record, but now they're putting it out with another bonus record, yes. and now I got to buy it again. Yeah, that mentality yeah. definitely comes from working at a record store yeah but it was like in a fast by the and by the way i don't know if we we told you like i'm mainly curious i mean we'll we'll see where this conversation goes but i'm curious about vinyl records specifically because it's i feel i'm a complete idiot when it comes to vinyl right and i'm just now uh like i've fallen in love with it recently right and i'm putting a stereo together and i've been nerding out with it but where was it still was it an infatuation with music and that was just the medium that you could get your hands on oh, or was it an infatuation with actual the vinyl no I, it experience? was more music for me um for sure and the only reason i bought the seven inch was because i knew my parents had a record player mm. I mean, my, my my mom listened to records you know Interesting, when I was a yeah. kid, you know she's like i can play so, this and i i mean i have my two childhood memories of records are actually both seven inch records so maybe that's some weird thing i don't know but uh my parents had the Migo Star Wars 7-inch, <laughs> the Cantina music, but it's like a disco funk version. It's not sure. like the really version. So it wasn't the, the soundtrack, Migo but it was one. not the soundtrack. It's Migo, and they take like a disco version of the Star Wars 
So really? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Was it it's, licensed? Like it had like the Star Wars um, thing on it? Do you remember what it looked like? Uh, well, this is a 45. We get the record in and use it all the time. Yeah, I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure it's light. I mean, interesting. It's, it's like they're covers, I'm a, yeah. so it's like a cover. Did you ever have like Pac Man fever? I never Pac Man fever. <laughs> I mean, I have, yeah, Pac Man. I had Atari 2600, but that's another thing. Yes. that's a whole other you know conversation there. But um, and then the other one was uh, um. Um, Rainbow Connection, the Muppets mm, from the Muppet yes. Movie Center, which oh, I yeah. love the Muppets. So maybe this is like just an ongoing right. thing. Oh, yeah. But but those are like my childhood vinyl memories, which I don't have a lot of childhood memories altogether, honestly. But those like specifically stick out of my head, and they both were seven inches. Interesting. So yeah. I never thought about that, maybe. But um, but it was more like it, it wasn't a format. It was I mean I buy used CDs too. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a price point, you know. When I started buying records, it would be like ninety five, six ish. Yes, and um, you know you could buy a new full length record for about eight dollars. You could buy a new full length CD of the same like thing 25. for twenty dollars. Yeah, eighteen ninety nine. So it was, more, and then seven inches were three bucks. You know, and used ones were all a dollar pretty much. Yeah. you know, so it was more like a you know economic thing because I didn't have a job and I'm a kid. You know, and I. Yeah, want to consume as much music um, as possible, and for me, that's I mean, there's no internet, yeah. either. I yes, mean, the internet existed, but not as we know it today. You know, so it's just like uh, AOL dial-up discs or yes. something. You know what I mean? So yeah. there yeah. wasn't like file sharing, there wasn't Bandcamp, there wasn't all this stuff that were or MySpace, wherever you could just go and listen to stuff. So yeah, for me, it was like, oh, use dollar seven inches, I'll buy them all. You yes. know. Does yes. it look cool? Is it on a label that I've heard of? Like, yeah, you know, the artwork looked like it's something I might. Or did they think a band that I like? Yes. You know, in the liner notes, that's what like. Dude, the artwork—that's something. It in. sounds so crazy, but that, that the artwork was—I feel like even such a bigger deal back in the day than it is now, or way more. It held more weight. In, yeah, for sure. In music, yeah, that does now. I agree. I think the way the times are now, it's it just changed the way you, you're inundated with all sorts of media all the time. That you know, I don't know if the art, I think the art is still important to a lot of people, but I don't think it's you know somebody looks at a record nowadays, whereas they might have in the old days. You just know by the record you cover, like I I gotta check this out. There's no other way to really yes. preview it or whatnot, but, unless the record store. But was even playing. if it was something you knew, you had to look at the artwork because you right. had to listen to a physical thing. Right. I mean, you'd see those classic album covers. Everyone knows what Dark Side of the Moon looks like. It doesn't say the band name on it, right? Yeah. Right. Same with Abbey Road. Yeah. There's no band name, there's no album title, but everyone knows that that's Abbey Road. That's yeah. iconic, you know, artwork, especially like Dark Side yeah. of the Moon. I mean, that goes... Today, they don't see it. It's like, uh, we're like, it's the consumption, which we talked about yeah, in the yeah. previous thing. It's like, you just consume songs. You right. don't consume albums. People don't know. People don't pay attention. You listen to it on a Spotify playlist. You don't know what the album like. Yeah. Looks and if you like, did, yeah, because you saw like a ten pixel yeah. by ten pixel, and it might not even be the right artwork <laughs> yeah. on, on iTunes, Apple Music, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can remember like the the first time that um, music impacted me. I remember I must have been five or six. So I'm older than Stephen, right? So um, I was probably five or six, and we, and we took uh, a trip to see my cousin, who's about four years older than I am. Him and his family, obviously. 
And I remember we went down the basement and he's like, man, you need to check this out. And he shows me Kiss Alive. And I'm like looking at this thing and he put it on the record player. And I still can remember it to this day that I w- my world was blown at six years old at that point because yes. I was like, what is this, right? So as soon as we got back, of course, I was bugging my parents. Uh, you know, I, I need, I need, you know, Kiss records. I need them, you know, and, and then I had action figures. Then I had all this stuff. And then what was cool is I grew up in this small town in North Dakota, you right? Full in Kiss Army. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's another story, too, about <laughs> Kiss Army. They still owe me money. But, <laughs> but uh, I found in this small town, you know, I, I was turned on to this Kiss thing. And yeah. I was into music. I was cranking it at home. And then I found another guy in my school that was into kiss too holy shit here we go mm. next thing you know we're like you know putting on pretend concerts in a, you know his bedroom we yes. have a uh what are those uh, light bright or what do they call those things yes light, like light, the, light bright the, yeah, yes we'd make a kiss yes. sign out of that and like we had a whole stage set up yes. a second turntable with yeah. a flashlight on it so it'd be lights going and we'd trade off on which guys we were scott and, still does the pretend concerts I, I, in his yeah, office i still so, yeah i still do yeah. that yeah the light Right, it's right there. I, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, those album covers were were amazing. I remember my parents had some Beatles records and things that were pretty iconic. But um, I also remember, uh, you know, like Queen News of the World record. You know, that robot with yes. the guys like laying dead. You know, and like I can remember those things being a big deal back then. Yes. Yeah. Because it, I'm, I'm, I'm like even I could totally picture you sitting in that basement as a five year old. Uh, listening to this thing because the artwork sucks you in almost more it almost takes you into it further because now i'm thinking about my experience with music now very rarely do i have something tangible in front of me i'm so that means i'm listening to music and i'm probably doing something else right. but if you have the artwork in front of you and you're holding something tangible and you're looking at it so now your eyes are involved and like it just sucks you into the music even right. more yeah and i just think it, i 100% I agree makes that. the moment that I, is my 7 inch yeah. listening Yes, you have to stay focused. Right, you got to flip the record in right. like four minutes. Yes, you know. So you look at the artwork, you look at the liner notes, and if you, you know, got into punk rock like me or into punk rock, your forty fives like they put a lot of time in into the packaging and the artwork. I th- yeah. yeah, I think you, like you know, also you know the, those old. Uh, live records and such not just kiss or whatever band like that was before youtube and everything you didn't know what they look like on stage you didn't rarely would you ever be able to see anything that wasn't even cable mm-hmm. you know that would have all, all the stuff that we have today you know you'd have to sit there and kind of imagine you know what what it was like to be at that show especially you know? in a smaller town in yeah North especially Dakota a small <laughs> small town <Yeah. laughs> small towns where you didn't get bands coming through yes. very rarely and they so. didn't have cable yeah. yet Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because I feel like if someone, uh, someone that grows up nowadays, that has grown up with, I'm so, like, I, I get so pumped that I at least lived part of my life without the internet and cell phones, right? Wow. Yeah. And, and but also, uh, sometimes I can get nostalgic about it and think about, oh man, time was better then, but it also was shittier growing up in that. You didn't now. Nowadays, the one of the greatest things about the internet, I think, is that if you're into something, if you're into the most eclectic, off the wall thing, you can find a community somewhere that's into it. Yeah. But you like music. That was like your window into the world. You didn't have like maybe MTV or like the whatever you had the music videos. Right. 
that got you out there too but that like totally makes sense why your connection with your friend was like oh man you like kiss too oh yeah, yeah. that's great you found each other yeah through that it was like your uh, almost like a connecting point. Yeah, but what's funny is like, I mean, how long ago would we be talking? 25 years ago. I mean, this guy is still a friend of mine. I just met him in Fargo to go to a concert. So, really? Yeah, yes. we met up and went to the Ghost show there. And, which and is like the like new that. kiss. Yeah, which is like the new kiss, ghost? I guess. So. But yeah, so I mean, you know, me, me and Nate, Nate Bowers. Slow is moan. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's still a bud to this day and we still go to music together. And yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, back to your sweet. point about the internet and shitty though before the internet especially like if you're into music and like shows in town like you have to just go Mm -hmm. you see a flyer you go right i mean i met all my friends through that yeah did you go to any shows oh yeah just to go to a show because well mankato it's not like minneapolis and like there's three things going on at night yeah right yeah Shows happen, maybe you know. Was it specifically punk? Like, if it's a punk show happening, or um, was not it necessarily? Because well, in the '90s, it was different. Because like, you'd get a show with like a punk band, and like, a, yeah. what would be emo, but yeah, pre hot topic emo. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, oh yeah, totally. The Promise Ringer Mineral, <laughs> and you'd get like a, and there'd be like a ska band on the same show, and like a, some like anarchist yes. punk band, like because there wasn't a lot of. I mean, there'd be bands with like. It was like Christian punk bands and then like, you know, satanic hardcore bands it's just in, in a small town. It's like, hey, sometimes those ba- those shows have like six bands play, you know, because yeah. like, not a lot of stuff happened. So when it happened, it, it you know, it went down, it yeah. went down like different just, genres and just different. battling for the soul of Mankato. Well, or <laughs> it was any town, really. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, no yeah. different. The people I know from Sioux Falls or Des Moines or Iowa City or, or Lincoln, Fargo, where I grew up in Nebraska. Or, or oh, Lincoln, yeah, one hundred percent. Same thing. One hundred percent. Same I mean, thing. Yeah. It's just you know you'd see those kind of bands. I mean, that's just yeah. how it was. We you were know? so jonesing in Grand Forks one time that I remember my my first concert was of course Kiss and Dokken, <laughs> right? So I think I was in fifth grade at that point. That was like the first show I, I could go to. Or I was able to go. The second sh- time they went to a concert it was 38 special and somebody else. <laughs> and me and my buddy just wanted to go to a concert, oh, right? Yeah. You know, it doesn't Do happen very yeah. often. So we went to shit like that, you know. Um, I don't know that we necessarily enjoyed it that much. But it was a concert, yeah. right? It was yes. a happening. And you didn't have a lot back then, especially uh, where I grew up. So Yeah. Yes. And, but but to the point where, like, I discovered bands that I probably never would have heard. Okay. Yeah. The internet, you know, and yeah. it was zines. It was reading magazines. Uh, Maximum yeah. Rock Punk Planet and Heart Attack were like the fuel for everything for me. I mail ordered records, or I ordered them for the record store. If I can't couldn't special order them, I'd mail order them. But usually, you know, there's no PayPal back then, so it's like writing yeah. a check or getting a money order. So if I'd, I'd order as much by as ten, I could, you dude, get the eleventh yeah. for a penny. Yeah, and then oh, well, I never did that. I knew <laughs> the those, those, come on, no, no, no. My parents <laughs> okay. told me they were scams. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. me. Plus, I didn't like like a lot of mainstream stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, early on, so it's kind of weird. I you know, when I got into it, it's like grunge. And that kind of stuff, you know, I, I like like Nirvana and the Smashing Pumpkins and Pearl Jam and Temple of the Dog and Soundgarden and stuff. And then, you know, when Green Day came out, that pushed me into punk rock. But like, I bought the, you know, Green Day Kerplunk and like, oh, they they think Lookout Records and this band 15. Well, it's 15. I'll buy a 15 record. And then I'm buying a Blatz record. And then I'm just sucked down this rabbit hole of stuff. And I was, you know, if I didn't have the record store in Mankato growing up, it was Ernie November. Mankato downtown. It was like four blocks from my house. If I didn't have that, I wouldn't be who I am today. And right. part of that is I wouldn't, you know, 
I wouldn't be who I am today. And for I better hope, or worse. Yes. Oh, yeah. In and all I, honesty. I hope yeah. that we're still but, doing that for people here um, at the record store. And I think it does happen. I, I don't know that it's on the level that that was. Like, I don't think it is anymore. I just don't I ever think, think it will I be. I think about that all the time where, like, you know, you got a handful of customers and they're like, I was, you know, or I am, but it mm-hmm. doesn't seem to exp- expand isn't the right word because you get, I mean, you know, more people buy vinyl, but it's not as the, they don't have that same connection. Discovery is different too. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, there's so much. Yeah. Uh, yes. That's right. You, you, I mean, yeah. you can attest to oh, it. Yeah. I mean, you being more on the, the younger end of this, I mean, how were you exposed to music when you were in high school or, or yeah. junior high? Yes. Oh uh, man, that's so fun. Discovery. Okay. Cause I was thinking about, um, uh, the side note to that, because I was thinking about what is it about vinyl specifically, right? Uh, the what are like the what are the categories of that we would almost talk about? It? And one like a big one is the discovery of music. Yeah, like it's a big thing because I think you just it almost has less to do, maybe not less. It's not just to do have having to do with music. It's having to do with where do you meet people in the real world nowadays in 2019? Where does where does a junior hire go out yeah. and run into people you know where's the spot to hang because now not to sound like an old person maybe now you have you have social media and you have the option of hanging out without being in the same room or i have friends with kids that stay at home and play video games against their other friends there at their other friend's house yeah. even so the video game world is the same thing but i'm man uh man my discovery in music is actually uh, my parents right before they had me and they were involved in like the evangelical church world Mm -hmm. so i grew my introduction to music growing up it was like strict rules you can listen to whatever you want uh as long as it's christian music so there was a zero secular music policy like in my junior high time so i remember my uh i remember like being on a bus on like a school bus having a uh it was like when uh walkman's just came, like the discman yeah, just came yeah. out and i remember having a christian album on top and incubus underneath it <laughs> so it's high so like because you know you never you have the random like check-in what do you listen to show it to me right. well yeah it's just uh right. check this out it's a little dc talk jars action jars of clay action <laughs> underneath it's incubus uh the top one's getting all shredded yeah yeah right. <laughs> completely destroyed that's funny uh so man for me the music thing was really it was it was really similar with friends but it my record store was there was a Maranatha Christian bookstore, which was essentially just think about down in the valley if it were a Christian bookstore. Right. So like all but the the Christian all the books, all the Bibles, they still had like the T shirts and everything, but it was all Christian. It was like Reese's Pieces, except it said like Jesus saves or something. <laughs> <laughs> so like that was I remember like a ton of Maybe we uh, should open a spin off store. Oh, right? you, to- oh you totally in, should. Oh uh, you, you should have all a the section. pipes can be like crucifixes. yes man holy water yes holy water yes and so it was like the sections like all the uh commercial spinoffs for like the t-shirts and all like the so i but i so i still had like the cd section but it was a quarter of the size and it was all uh it was all that kind of i mean would they even have like some of the like tooth and nail bands yeah tooth and so i grew up when the the tooth and nail stuff was coming out yeah like oh you like punk and then here's a cassette and it's like mxpx which by the way I like 
I like MXPX because of that. <laughs> right. Yes. Guilty pleasure. Secret, oh, yeah. You know. Toad the nostalgia. Yes. Shameful. Enjoyment yeah. of mine. Oh, wow. Still, but. um. Man, which is funny because now looking back, if you, okay, you have that, like the guilt, you say guilty pleasure. For me and my world, when Tooth and Nail came out, it was like, it was like being in a sauna. And like, if you've ever been in like a steam sauna and someone cracked the door open and all of a sudden you get like this cold wind on your face yeah. and I'm like, oh, like what is this? Holy shit. There's like this breath of fresh air. Yeah. So for me, like the tooth and nail shit was like, oh man, this is like, it was like my, they were kind of, I still had to get permission. I still did. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like it sounds so cheesy saying that, but it, like, for them, it's they like, weren't so overtly like in your no, face. Uh, oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. One of my favorite, yeah, totally. cool. yeah, yeah, and, and the music. Yeah. One of my favorite of records is the Frodo's record on Tooth and Nail, and they weren't Christian at all. Yeah, they yeah. Were, one member yeah. was a Christian. One member was a combat wounded veteran, which I mean, is definitely <laughs> not a Christian <laughs> band. Did you know? they do like, that for the marketing? Or I think maybe I don't know because like. I, I mean, I own Training Futopia record. I own, I love Roadside Monument. They're like a, like a 90s emo. And they're like, they don't sing about it. Right. So just, if they're Christians, you have to have one. I mean, yeah, Frodus, like Frodus, all the other albums were on like, all the early stuff was on like, you know, DIY punk hardcore labels. And the last one was on Fuel by Ramen before they became like Paramore. Like, but when the Lesson Jake guy owned Fuel by Ramen before he sold it off. Oh, yeah. Because that originally was yeah. like a Did that become punk. Paramore? Well, no, but once they started signing stuff like that, the guy in That's Lesson right. Jake started it with his That's buddy right. and then sold it, his share. And, and once he sold his share, his buddy went with the Paramore and the 21 Pilots and that kind of stuff and went away from, like... I mean, they put out, like, um, a ton of, like, punk rock. Like, Animal Chain was from here and the Impala. A lot of, like, yeah. ska core and, like, Lesson Jake records originally. Yeah. And this Frodus record, which is an amazing record. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I'm not saying it's so, cool by any means. I'm thinking those like, Roadside <laughs> Monument records are awesome. They hold up to this day uh, on Tooth and Nail. I'll, and that Frodus record does too, so whatever. I don't care. Okay, I will say this. When you said earlier, you were talking about, you know, you, you found an album and you were listening to it and you're looking at, you're maybe looking at the liner notes and then, oh, they mentioned somebody else. And it almost was this trail. Like, this, this album led you to this person, led you to this person. I, I will say... A good a thing that came out of my growing up in that scene was in the super 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 contemporary uh, world. I I was like I pushed against it once I left home. I was like screw this or yeah. Uh, and, but I find I went through a, a, a season where I went back and I started looking at actually the liner notes and who was recording. And I was like oh, these are actually massive Nashville cats. And this bassist went on and he was the bassist for Phil Collins. And this drummer tracked for Massive Country, and so I realized, oh, that discovery later took me to other things. Yeah. And there were still great session players on it. One but. of those Roadside Monument records on Tooth and Nail is totally recorded by Steve Albini. So there it is. <laughs> Which, yeah, you could do worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that was my. That's like something I don't really nor I never yeah. ever like talk about because it's kind of uh, like. Owning that kind of like cheesy past thing is like almost a new thing for me. Yeah. Just, I, I just have is some what it friends is, that know? are came the your same thing, the yeah. Christian stuff. And do they and wear a badge with and, pride? Or? Yeah, do they love it? Um, I don't know if they are proud of it, but um, you know, it's funny when they you when um they you know they never heard Nirvana till they were like twenty or whatever. Right. It's so weird, you right. know. Yeah. Ten years after Kurt Cobain killed himself or whatever, it's just yeah, it's, dude. It's, it's weird. I think it's I think it's really cool. But I'm like, never gonna like 
you know, bust on somebody for any sort of musical discovery, especially when you're, you're young like mm-hmm. that? I mean, because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you're still like consuming music. You're still hopefully, you know, buying music and yeah. supporting that. Yeah. You know, so I, I mean, and that's like in the store here. I mean, we're never going to turn our nose at anybody buying anything. Um, because we're here to, if you're here to buy music, we want to help you get that music. Yeah. You know? So, um, I will never be the, now, the snobby. Is, uh, yes. Okay. Here's a ran- random question though. Before I ask a couple more vinyl questions, you yeah. guys here, like I was saying just a second ago, like there, there's only a hand. F- I can't really think of another shop that's like down in the valley. There's other music stores. Big chain. There's yeah, there's one store. I, I I would think Electric Fetus. I, well, yeah, yeah, I mean Electric Fetus, obviously. Um, Early uh, November, right? Yeah, like, I mean there's with. stores all over the country that are yeah. like ours. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think kind of the cool thing is like I know from being here 23 years, like when Steve Highland, uh, the founder, started diversifying the store. You know, I know that he didn't go look at other record stores like on the East Coast and find out what they're doing. He, he sort of did it organically himself. And uh, I guess there's no uh, real roadmap back then about, yeah. well, you know, I mean, um, I think it just happened. Now we're not unique in what we do yeah. um, and the things that we sell. And I think over time, you know, that is the blueprint. So other stores have seen that and, and have, you know, used that. And it's interesting. I, I, I think it's cool. They're divi- diversifying it only. I, I would be fascinated to know the, the, like almost the internal dialogue or the in-house dialogue of when that was happening. Do we I th- diversify? I think when music started dying you yeah, have to find so, other ways to make money um i know for a fact that it really happened here when the best buys and targets really started to cutting in to profits when they started to put their you know big releases in their sunday circular for 9.99 which you is know, less than we were paying we're for paying that. 1202 for it <laughs> yeah um all the indie stores uh would so um, I, I think at that point he even knew like the writings on the wall is he's, he's got to generate some income other than that and he's you know he built the b- blueprint that we continue today and have, have built upon the last five six years and that um, it's not all about music but if you come in here it's kind of all one package right yeah um, it all kind of fits together it's it, I mean we're we're a, you know a pop culture shop or, yeah you know uh, man and that okay and even you say you know it's not all about music I feel like. I have maybe a different perspective on it than maybe other musician friends of mine who it's you know it's just all about it's all about the music man and I'm like to me music has for me personally music has never been just all about the music like and I'm not talking about doing things at the expense of music I think when you talk about music you're talking about to me about um a moment for me, music. Uh, you think about moment. I'm thinking about friends. I'm thinking about a vibe, mm. right? Yeah. Like music is literally just setting the vibe of an environment and uh, of and a place that we're all in. Right. And I feel like so. To me, I walk into a place like this. I'm like, man, this is this whole place is about music to me. Even if it's not necessarily an album section of the store, like it all encompasses. It has like the vibe. Like well, you that's come, what, you that's, know what, that's what we're going that, for. That's yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. th- thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's why I like consuming vinyl though and having that connection. 
to the music is all about. Yeah. Yeah, I you mean, know? and let's it's also like, it is the like, artwork, it's the packaging, it's the yep. experience, it's going to record stores, it's holding something, it's sharing something with your friends. I mean, this is something that like I think about like just we talked briefly before like consuming music and like it's hard to, like when I work at a record store and I feel like some of the employees are probably like this too, you consume more. It's yeah. hard to like listen. Even you, like you obtain all these records, you were buying these records, and then it's like you don't really spend as much time with them now as I did when I was younger. Mm. Right. Like I'd buy a record, and then I'd listen to it over and over and over and over and over, you know. And then I'd buy another yeah. record, yeah. You know, and then I listen to that for like straight, you know, for weeks. Things move like probably twenty five times faster than when you were young or I was young. You know for what sure. I mean? It just. Uh, it's, I, it's it's sad yes. to me that records are released. There's a big build up for it. It's released, and a week later, nobody cares. And it yes. might have been like that before, but I think when you are, and, and my point is, there there's probably some person out there consuming, um, you know, a Twenty One Pilots record on their headphones that they they're streaming and they're listening to it over and over and over and having that same experience yeah. that I had when I was younger. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. It probably does exist, hmm. but it's for me, it's, I think it's when you get older, you know, you got more stuff, you got jobs. You, it's like kids family. Most people not have kids. A lot of my friends have kids. They don't buy, they don't buy as many records as me. You know? kids. It's so, so I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard rumors. I mean, yeah. That's why I get, they don't have a record label. That's why I can have 6,000 records because I don't have kids. Right? Yeah. It's know, true. No totally. one to tell me that I can't. I mean, we have yeah. customers you know, and friends and things like that. And it's just the, that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's life, I guess. And I think that that's the connection, though. Like, I, I feel like people come over and, like, we'd listen to records, like, in high yes. school. Like, hey, you have to listen to this record. I mean, I don't even think CD burners existed, right. you yes. know, until I was probably maybe a, maybe in, like, the the end of my high school career. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, and you, for you, it's like, you can't, yeah, I mean, I had cassettes, I, you know. <laughs> You know, I remember so like the old man bus right yeah. now. And, and one of my things, like you know, I wasn't like it, it, we were talking about like buying records, but like this just occurred to me. Like I really was into like hair bands when I was like five or six and seven. I was really into like Guns and Roses and Poison and White Lion, and I'd check out records at the library and I'd tape them onto cassette. Right. Yeah, you know, like I oh totally check out vinyl. Mixed yeah, tape. I remember that. Tape. Love yeah. the mixtape, yeah. right? Oh uh, yeah. Yes. But I have a funny story about that, sort of like sharing with people. Yeah. So I remember, um, you know, we're probably junior high at this point. Me and my buddy Nate that I spoke about before, and we're I don't know we we're at my house or something. We come out and there was a guy, Tony, that was like four years older than us, and yeah. but he was the cool guy. He he liked music like we did and things like that. So we share stuff and one day he pulls up in the driveway and he's like I, I don't know guys he's like Nate I think you'll like this and it was uh, it was Metallica Master Puppets and he's like I don't know man you you take this thing because I don't know it scares the shit out of me <laughs> yeah, like, I can't know? do it I think you, though, you <laughs> yeah. you're fine I with mean this. it scared yeah. him to a point like at that point like you know that's Metallica is everywhere now but back then mm-hmm. uh, they were really on on the cusp of like uh, you know, something that someone that was listening to Motley Crue at the time heard that, yes. and this dude was just like so scared he gave the record to <laughs> Nate, and then we left, fell in love with it. And then later on, he was like, oh, I guess I like it too. I, yeah. Well, I think what you I just said is my house. when I read, like, I, 
read a lot of music biography books yeah a lot of books like punk rock and stuff and that they talk about like the first time they heard you know the ramones or something and they were like they didn't get it right away you know right like, it either is like dude they're not or getting like, it sca- scared yes. or like you know they heard black flag and they're it scared them you yeah. know and then you know later they like get, you know that, yes. that was Motley yeah. Crue's Shout at the Devil for me. Like, yeah, I think that's that, like, The whole intro, like and you're like, like, holy shit, like, what, what is uh, this? I'm going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> I am going that's to like hell. A, a thing, like, I, what you just described is like, <laughs> I read it in books all the time, like, they didn't, you don't get it, or like, right away, or like, and that's true, like, even like, I remember somebody lending me a Dead Kennedys CD for the first time, I was like 13 or 14, and I was like, I don't get it, you know? Yeah. Like, this isn't very good i love the dead Kennedys now no you know right. and some stuff doesn't like somebody lent me a crass record i was like this is fucking garbage it's still fuck i still like crass <laughs> yeah, fucking garbage and i love punk rock you yeah there you have like so it's just like the majority like those records that still stay with you like years and years later maybe the records like when you first listened to it you were like eh, i don't know yet you know and like the records there's a lot of that in my life like the record that i i first get i put it on i love it from the from the get-go yes and that sort of sure. fades out over time but the yeah. ones that you go back and listen to again you go back and then you're hearing stuff and you're hearing it a different way and then all of a sudden this is the record that stays with you out of the whole catalog of the, yes. the artist catalog sometimes that was like because you spent the money on it you had to just listen to it more and more well, too. yeah that is true i mean yeah. that's like for me that's what i think about like i had to listen to these records you know and I spent more time with them, and that's like something I'm trying to do when I buy records now. Is like yeah. I'm trying to listen to them a little more before I, you know, file them away in my shelf with the other thousands of records. Yeah, because I think that is a. Th- I I know that's a thing with some albums need a few listens to go through. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, you had the Britney Howard, uh, yeah, single thing. I heard when uh, when her band came out with their their very first album, uh, Alabama. Yeah, Shakes. Alabama Shakes. Yeah. That it's not that I didn't like it right at first, but it grew every time I listened to it. Every time I listen to the album, you kind of sucks me in a little bit more. You notice things, and I feel like that just the listening and kind of marinating on an album over yeah. and over and like the second listen doesn't happen now. And I'm I'm thinking to me when you're saying this stuff, and I'm thinking about music culture right now. I'm thinking about it comes down to acts. The things that have changed the most are access. Access. Yeah, and uh, I got a freaking Guinness bubble in my throat. (laughs) (laughs) Access and because now you can find anything that's ever been recorded on within two seconds. Too easy. It's too easy, and and we're like bombarded with stuff, and it's and I think there's just the sheer amount, the volume of it. Like how do like like you said you have so many you have so many things to listen to. And only so many hours in a day. But also everything, I feel like the internet is ruined. I mean, I know we talk about like, the internet is great. <laughs> this is like the old man. Back in my day. It sucks now. <clears throat> you couldn't, like, you could just access anything. You can be into whatever. You can mm-hmm. find anything. But also, again, like, you don't have to go out and discover anything. You don't have to actually interact with real humans yeah. anymore. Right. You can just play your video games That's on, on, on the thing. And, like, we lose a lot as soci- and in society. Not, again, not to get, like, off subject and, like, some deep talk, but when you lose, like, how to interact with humans, I think society loses a lot. And I don't think right. we really know, like... The repercussions of that, to yeah. be honest. Oh, we haven't, like, 100%. Yeah, yeah. We, don't so, like, know. we don't know, like, how it is, but it's, like... You know, when you can't interact with people or like it, 
but but for the music part, it's like there's it also makes it really easy. Like any band can go up and put anything out. They don't have to work hard at all. Right. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to go on tour. And like I feel like some of that is lost. Of like, I mean, okay, do you you know, I come from a different scene than Scott. Yeah. You know, to be honest, where like the bands you like playing arenas, the bands sure. I like, I mean, mm-hmm. you know playing in a someone's kitchen or a basement or a yeah. machine shed you know yeah and how do you think it would change like let's say that we flip <laughs> spots and where we grew up i mean would that change there might um, even be a geographical i, I don't yeah. know if i don't know i don't Grand i mean and me and Kato are too. i mean yeah but too, i don't think those bands came apart. through then like i don't mm. think they went through there maybe they did and i just wasn't i don't know hip enough or, yeah uh they probably did, and you probably weren't cool. Probably, <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, like that. You, you know, you being ten years older than me, like, yeah, I'm. I would put money on it that Black Flag played in Grand Forks. They played every hmm. city. I don't know they about that. And like also, I, I grew up in a city. smaller town that, yeah. if I didn't have wheels, like I couldn't get to Grand Forks. Oh, yeah. You know, well, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, totally. I, 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 my town didn't even have a stoplight. I mean, yeah, you know? yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, and you. I mean, if you grow up, it depends. I think. Uh, geographical does influence some people because then I, I'm thinking about just or at least access to someone that would grow up near a record shop like this, right? right. And you could go at least go there and you had your friends, right? I meet all my friends. Meet up I, here. I yeah. met people that have become my friends at the record store, right? Yeah, know? that didn't have that. Met met a lot of people I didn't. from smaller towns, like you know. Mm-hmm. You'd say something. Yeah, I'm I'm really uh, opinionated yeah. and loud, and I'd be like, "Scott no. sucks" or something. And then some girl <laughs> in the CDs would be like, "I love Scott." And then we'd argue about it, and then we'd be like best friends, you know? Oh, like, totally. And, and something like that. It's the importance and, uh, of like the meeting. That was in a person. real story. That's yes. a real thing that happened. But yeah. um, uh, whereas I if think, that would have happened online, she would have said something, and your comment back, and you would have like, y- yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'd each other, lost yeah, in your yeah. feed. Yeah, with the later, no one would even care. I think, though, um, one of the things that probably got both um, both of us into music, though, was probably radio in your mm. small town. Like, I just remember, like, MTV MTV, and, like, having, like, a radio station just playing, like, MTV. alternative grunge stuff. MTV? For, well, we for, didn't have MTV. Me. Like, I would get my my cousin that turned me on to Kiss, right? It keeps going back <laughs> to these guys. But he, he would, like, tape, like, had Banner's Ball. And then when I'd see him, he'd give me, like, four VHSs of, like, you know, 18 episodes. And then that's what I had. And I'd yeah. just play them over and over and yeah. over. Um, but, yeah. For me, it was, like, 120 minutes, and my brother and I would watch it. And then, like, there's... I know the, the call station, 96.7 KDOG in Mankato, and they were like alternative stations. So, like, that's, you know, they're playing Nirvana and Soundgarden, and then they, and Green Day, and you'd hear, yeah. you know, jo- I remember them playing Jawbreaker on that. Mm. Because, and then I found out later the guy at the record store would call and request it when they had the single out. So yeah. they kept playing it because nice. somebody kept calling and requesting nice. it constantly. You know, that's funny. But, like, yeah. 120 minutes, I, yeah. you know, I remember, like, that's the first time like I heard Rancid. Mm, I yeah. remember that's the first time I, I heard Refused. I saw the video for New Noise. And it would have been like 1998, mm. you know? Yeah. And they probably got played like twice on 120 Minutes because yeah. they didn't like blow up right away. They'd already broken up by then, you know? But this video got played, and I was like, what the fuck is this? You yes. know, like, holy shit. Yeah. You know? I can't so remember that's... anybody turning me on to anything in, in my town. Other than me and a couple of my friends, but 
uh, it was pretty desolate, man. It was, yeah. You know, it was pretty sad. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> as far as music goes, but, yeah. but we start, you know, we started to. Uh, um, my buddy, um, his dad had a band, right? He played VFWs and do all this old country shit that we're like, what the fuck is this? But, you know, then we started playing and then next thing you know, instead of the pretend concerts, we had our yeah. band and, uh, it was shitty, shitty band, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you know yeah. we, we had a band going for a while and that was, that was cool. Man, that's a thing. That's a thing. That's the catch with it when it comes to, uh, like now and then with discovery, mm-hmm. like the catch is, man, it's a part. It's really cool that you can find stuff. No matter where you live now, you have access to things. You can find it. But at the same time, I think anybody would say that the weight of it, the the weight music has, ha- isn't the same. Whereas like when you finally found something that really impacted you, you discovered a new sound. Like what the hell right. is this? I've never heard this sound before. This is crazy. This is literally an album that is scaring my friend. Right. <laughs> like that is that has weight to it. That doesn't does that happen now? I don't know. Because okay, okay. Let me get, let me get your thoughts on this then. So when I was when I was driving over here, I'm thinking about vinyl, and I'm thinking about the th- the three categories that came to mind when it comes to it uh, of a conversation we'd have, or at least my curiosity and thoughts on the subject are. One is quality, whether people like sound quality of it, uh, which I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Yeah. And then the other one is the other side of it is process, which we most of this conversation has been in the process because to me the process breaks down uh, two things. It breaks down into the process of listening, like while you're in the moment, and then the process of discovery. So I feel like the majority of this conversation has been like the dis- like talking about discovery of music and how yeah. that's really has changed. Um, and but I want to hear your. I want you to share again because I know we chatted uh, really quick about your. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on the process of listening to it, of, of listening to albums, because I'm fascinated by this thought of. I'm fascinated lately of this when it comes to whether someone is creating something, wherever that in life, the thought that oftentimes are something that we would acknowledge a weakness in ourselves or in whatever we're doing can actually be a massive strength if we embrace it. And it made me think about your seven inch deal where some people, the weakness of that, the people oh, don't want people don't want like to listen to seven inch because you know, you got to go back oh. to it and you yeah, got to change so it and flip yeah. it over. It's so short, but that is, it sounded like one of the biggest reasons you love listening to it. I love it. Yeah. So like, I mean, I don't, it's not like I listen to seven inches every day. Cause normally when I'm listening to a record, I'm going to put an LP on cause I'm going to do something yeah. else. I'm going to read a book or I'm just going to like, Clean your bathroom? Well, not mm-hmm. my bathroom. Okay. I couldn't hear the record in there very well, probably. You know? okay. And then you got like chemicals or like your hands are dirty and gross. Gotcha. I never listen to records when I clean. I listen to like CDs. And I love CDs. So um, that should be said too. Because yes. CDs are great. Yeah. You're still like yeah. consuming and it's physical and it sounds better than MP3. Um, Spotify. Are we, let, let's clear the floor. Are we Spotify use or is it like um, a purist? No. I do. I, no, I don't. Yep. Yeah. Uh, very rarely. I might if somebody like says I should check something new out yeah. and I don't want to buy it. Mm-hmm. And I might check it out on Spotify, but overall, no. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, I do. I mean, yeah. I haven't had it for very long, but um, it's just a different radio station, I guess. You, yeah, you'd call it, it, it totally is. It's, but it's on demand, right? Yeah. So 
That's that's it's music that's Google. Cool. Yeah, I'm I, not being sad because I, I'll use it if somebody right. like tells me to check something out but that I, I've I'm never not, heard. I'm not into finding discovery when they're like giving me the algorithm that what they think I like because I might go on there and we might listen to a few things while we're doing a new release book and then all of a sudden it thinks that my likes are all these bands that just because I did a search for it and we listened to it and then I mean I'm not into any of that I, stuff. It's funny because like I'm not being snobby, but I remember last.fm and I don't yeah. even know if anyone uses that anymore it's probably done it's probably yeah. a, it's probably like the my or the friendster myspace whatever yeah. but right. I used to listen to that all the time and y- it would you'd plug in what you liked like you know and you'd listen to stuff and then it would it would recommend stuff based on and that was pretty spot on and that would really? like I feel like I did that more like I I probably was in like college age mm. or maybe like you know earlier early 20s oh yeah last out fm but even like let's just even go to like ipod right let so i'm traveling like when we're traveling my wife and i just went to san francisco and and so when i'm traveling you know i i realized something when i was there i have you know all this shit loaded on the, i have a walkman yeah uh, like one of the digital high-res ones and and I have all this shit on there to listen to, and it's like I just sit there, yeah, and I sit there and flip through it. It's almost like I've decided now I'm going to make a playlist of like five records, and that's Mm. all I'm going to have on there. That's my only access. I'm going to go back to that. But then what happens when you have a song in your head? I know, I know. So the best thing that happened to me, actually, (laughs) for if you want to talk about streaming, is I do iTunes Match, and it's like 20 bucks a year, and people don't even know this exists, but it's... Based on my library, so I, you know, I own like two thousand CDs, yes. three thousand CDs, and I've uploaded them all into a my computer hard drive, and that's what it pulls from. So I can stream my own music library of all things I own physically on any computer. So when I'm at work here in my office, I just stream anything that I that own. you already have. So if I want to listen to something, I can just scroll through. You and just find pull it, it. Instant, yep. and I can even download access. it onto that computer and burn it onto a CD if I wanted to, like give it. Right. To, yeah, to but I wonder, else. like even that, even the, having the access to everything, yeah. like limits the <clears throat> weight of like your enjoyment of where you're at in well, the I moment, think, right? Uh, I think about like I that think, where it's like I'm still listening to like the, I have you know six thousand records and I listen to the same like yeah. eighty. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think about I think about if we were sitting here. And if we had a hundred beers in front of us, different beers, different flavors, I feel like I'd be thinking about like, okay, which one am I going to have next? Uh, like while right. I'm drinking this one, yeah. I'm thinking about the next one I'm going to order typically. Right. But then, but now we're sitting here, we got an eight pack of Guinness. That's our fucking option. Right. That's it. Right. We're, so right now, well, I'm, I'm not thinking I've about. I've got some highlights. You got some highlights. <laughs> <laughs> so, He's got yeah, a bit of But like, it's like you. This is what you're drinking right yeah. now, and so there's not. And I'm fine the, with it. Yeah, and I'm fine with it. And, and I'm it, enjoying and it. And I'm in the middle. I'm in this beer instead of thinking about what's the next one, because right. I'm thinking about. You're talking about road trip, man. My biggest pet peeve is a road trip with friends where it's listen to a song gets to the second chorus oh check out this next yep. song and everybody's oh, just like bouncing around oh, yeah. songs I have so many friends like that that's that my cousin Ryan go through oh, can't okay. listen I, 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 I'm gonna have him this, listen to this this, oh, yeah. back. this is yeah. a good, good segue of yeah. like I think one thing is like obviously seven inches are different because they're singles but like um, listening to records versus I mean like you listen to a full album I think that's a lost art yeah totally it's a lost art it's talked about and, nowadays. And I, mean, I like I like I'd rather listen to albums and just songs. I'd rather yeah. listen to an album 
than a playlist any day of the week. Right. Mm. And there's times, do I want to put on a playlist? Not very often, honestly. But, like, you know. If it's an intentional playlist. I'm not really, like, a playlist person. Like, I'm not, like, there's songs that I like. Do I like, you know, I mean, you know, do I want to hear, I'm trying to think of something that doesn't make me sound like a douchebag. Or like <laughs> cliche or whatever, but like Soundgarden, I want to hear yeah. black. I like black hole songs. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Song. Yeah, I love Super Unknown. Like I want to hear those songs, but I also want to hear Fourth of July. Yeah, yeah. You no, know? Yeah, when I talked like, about yeah playlists, I wasn't talking I about the mix album. of tunes. Like oh, yeah, yeah, I put albums as like oh yeah yeah, yeah. I'm an but, album but guy. That, that's, that's funny because he said like yes. the guy who listens to one song, yeah, oh, half song, yeah yes, to the next one. I have friends like that that just like they can't like just just listen and it's like yes. do you remember going it's to the, the cd for road trip when, when you when you went to the cd you had that first option of skipping like that right because yeah. yeah. that's just kind of work right yeah. just let it play yeah. you'd have to you fast know. forward it and then rewind it and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 unless you had the work. fancy one that yeah. would stop but yeah yeah i mean that was that's probably where that shit started that's weird skip that to the next one now. man it is funny because i mean i'm even i I've thought I think about some of the road trips I've done being in a van where not only are is it not a full album, it's not a full song. Right. It's like check this. Oh, I, I got I got that. one. I got one. The next thing, it's like whoa, like that. Dry. I actually almost get panicky yeah. when I'm in, I'm in the backseat. You like, cannot oh, control the stereo anymore. <laughs> yes. Like, well, like done. you were yeah. on tour and stuff when you guys yeah. are in the van or the tour bus, whatever. Yeah. And who's controlling the music? Is it the same way even with musicians then? I mean, they're the same people that do that that same thing, that fast yeah. forward, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. You think that all musicians would be more album based, or <laughs> but it's yeah, yeah. You think, but even yeah, <laughs> musicians. The specific last uh, road trip I'm thinking about is totally van full of musicians. Yeah, uh, two of them up front, just going, oh, I got a next song, and then while this person's playing this song, the next person's thinking about. Even if you do the game of, all right, we'll I'll take turns picking a tune. Yeah. And then, so you're never thinking about the tune that you're listening to right now. You're not in the moment. You're thinking about what's the next thing I have yeah. to do, uh, which <laughs> yeah. is kind of why I love. I mean, it's so funny how the world goes around. We're in, like, think about this. We're recording, like, get meta. We're recording a podcast. It's If you would have told someone even six years ago that this would be a medium that people would appreciate and be willing to listen to an hour of right. conversation like this, it blow their mind because they'd think, no, just do short, quick things. People you keep right. people's attention, but I think we crave that, like uh, an extended flow of an idea, right? Yeah. I feel like, and I feel like that's music. Uh, I I don't think it's gone. I think it's just, I think we've just been given the option, and we're we don't know what to do with it, right? Necessarily, that's, we're like, it's funny because when I go on tour with bands, we always listen to podcasts. Like I go out with my friend's band, Feralite, this two piece mm, black mm-hmm. metal band from here, and it's like ninety percent of what we listen to, unless I pick it, then we're gonna listen to an album. Otherwise, yeah. it's it's podcasts. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Interesting, yeah. I, yeah Which also sure. like when you're when you're like seeing music every night and playing like some four band show like sometimes it's better to just listen to something different right. in the band, yeah. you know too I, lo- I love yeah. that at least with at least the cool thing with vinyl is what locked me in with wanting to come back to this medium uh, of the way of listening to music is that I remember it was it was a night man and it's so funny because this whole conversation turns out to be talking about meeting up with friends and making friends and when we were kids and yeah. now and meeting with people and being in person and it was around I was with I was doing a session out in Wisconsin 
and we were staying overnight out there and it was four of us guys just at one in the morning and someone would put an album on and then the the artwork goes right in the middle and we're looking about it and we're talking at it and you can't go over it no one's skipping tunes right we were playing and even if we'd listen to two tunes you'd have to go over it manually then throw on something else right. and so you can we didn't we didn't force ourselves to do like listen to a full album down but it was at least there was like weight to it it's kind of like pictures like taking a photo with film back in the day right like when you're going to push the shutter down you know that's going to cost you like 15 cents. Like this shutter cost me something. Now we have iPhones flip, flip, and we yeah. can just like take a bajillion. I can bajillion, take 144 uh, pictures yeah. in like a second. Cost Ooh. you nothing. But like, yeah. but maybe like the vinyl to me is like the problem when we're talking about the process. It's there's, it costs you, so it, ta- it takes like calories that you have to burn lifting up the needle <laughs> yeah. and like pulling it off and you've got to like shimmy it back in the case and like put it back. You know, it's like this, you have a tangible instead of just like a, Button next but next thing. I feel that also skip. makes you have more of a connection to it. One hundred percent. Yeah, you have you're a connection. Is you're part of this. You have to like tangibly touch it. You physically, and you physically own it. It's yeah. not just going to disappear off whatever because the artist is just you know having a feud with Apple or Spotify over royalties, and now you just bought a download that you don't own anymore because it's off their platform. Yeah. It's a real thing. Man, no one's talking. People are talking so. about that in Hollywood. Where is it? Kubrick? Who is who was the one that is that uh, uh, is archiving film right now? Digital film. They're printing it on uh, actual film. So well, that because if something happens, they're acknowledging like if so if something happens, if one if a server deletes it, if a server deletes it, it okay. or yeah. we don't think about the fact, we just assume that we're going to have access to these digital files in the future. Uh, but yeah, I think don't? about the floppy disk. What about the I, universal I, thing? Oh, <laughs> yeah. The What's the universal thing? <laughs> oh, oh, that's Universal's warehouse where they stored all the masters burned down. So, like, the masters to, like, Nirvana and... No way. And, like, when did that happen? Ella Fitzgerald. It happened in, like, I think 2011. Really? or something. Yeah, and there's... Oh. It's, uh, they kind of brushed it over and tried to, like hide how big a deal it really was but it's but it was like good. there's like unreleased jazz material that's just gone no one's ever heard it no one ever will it's gone it burned oh out. my gosh and, and it was all in one a, warehouse yeah and it do you was, know where that was it was in Hollywood. it was right off of uh one of the movie studios that burned like universal universal oh yeah you like yeah, yeah. like universal music had rented a warehouse you know they split the yeah pictures and the music are two different companies or oh jeez they, they still had a warehouse with masters and it wasn't like no sprinkler i mean it wasn't they didn't take care of it, and they didn't archive. They didn't make backups. It's really, it's really bad. You uh, should Google it and read about it. Oh, it's I'm totally fr- going it's to. It's real frustrating. It's like, yeah. it's like, oh man, man, I so. just get bummed about the things that no one will hear. Yeah, there's again, jazz like records that jazz recordings uh, that are irreplaceable. No one will ever hear them. They're gone. Those people are dead. Uh, like, it's never been released, and there's no another copy, and it's super sad, uh, depressing. Oh, okay, I want to hear you guys' thoughts on. Um, be outside process. I want to hear your thoughts on quality. Uh, so I, my mind recently was changed. Uh, and like I said, I'm ignorant when it comes to the vinyl side of stuff still, but my mind was recently changed when it came to 35 millimeter films. I interviewed a projectionist here in the cities at park down at Parkway theater. Oh yeah. Uh, and they project 35 millimeter films. We talked about it. We, t- and I was learning about the actual quality and the, like the color difference that you actually have. Is there, is that like a gimmick with vinyl? You think, or is there? Talk to me. Well, give me your opinions about sound quality and vinyl. Do you, 
I, that's such a vague I, I've thing. I've got opinions. <laughs> I got a lot of opinions. So, I mean, what it comes down to is like the quality of what you're playing it on mm-hmm. is a big thing. The unfortunate part of the quote unquote vinyl revival that we are currently going through um, is that a lot of people have shitty turntables. And I deal with this every day when somebody buys a new record and it's a 180 gram record and they bring it back. Okay, pause. Talk to me about grams. Uh, 180 gram is if you put the vinyl on a uh, scale, what it weighs. The Here's the thing. deal. It doesn't mean anything for sound quality. It's thicker okay. vinyl. It's probably less likely to warp. Okay. Right? Yeah. That is it. It does not affect the sound quality. There's people like, deeper grooves, 180 gram. No, that is not a real thing because... As we we, uh, um, we got a tour United Record pressing a few years ago and um, where is that at? It's in Nashville. Oh. So next time you're in Nashville, and they you should go like, do the tour. And they press yeah. like the first Johnny Cash records. I'm gonna be there in a couple like weeks. That. I mean, I mean, look into it. Look into it. They do tours. Okay. Um, I think they only do oh. one like Fridays or something. But yeah, so you, we toured United Record pressing and they talked about that a little bit. And I never really thought about it because I, I mean, yeah, I've had, I've read numerous hundreds of things over the years in magazines on the internet people in the store tell me like you know musicians people in the record labels and like i've i've read so much stuff like oh deeper grooves 180 mm-hmm. gram vinyl better sound and then they debunked it they said well when the metal parts are cut they don't know what it's going to be pressed on all the metal metal plates used to press the record they're all the same it's like um it's called mastering and it's not yeah. like the audio mastering it's the mastering where you make create the metal parts that press the actual yeah. physical record they're all the same the grooves are all that can only be one if they were deeper it wouldn't work because of the electromagnetic plate it with would, the needle it, it, the grooves would yeah it wouldn't it it's not a thing so sound quality no but it, it i mean it's less likely to warp because okay. it's thicker. I mean, it's it feels higher better. quality. It feels better. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, it does. It feels better. So, um, yeah, it's heavy. It just feels like it's a better quality, whether it is or not. Yeah, yeah. And, and the weight uh, when you have but, to move but it. But somebody, yeah. But somebody, uh, you know, they'll bring it back. Oh, it's almost like a once a week. Uh, I bought this new record and it skips. And I put it on our record player out here and it does not skip. It plays yeah. just fine. Yeah. And then I have to say, well, do you have built in speakers? Yeah, and they say yeah. I'm like, do you have, or or I say, do you have a Crosley Cruiser? Yeah, that's which why is the standard that you go to Target. Pay and that's 40 one bucks. of the big right. problems. And that's where we talk about quality. It's like if you have a shitty record player with a plastic needle and built-in speakers, it's not going to sound plastic good. needle. Is that shitty. what those are running? Oh, on? those run on plastic needles. Yeah. Oh my and word! Is and you know when people come in and. and I mean, we sell the fucking suitcase record players. Oh, yeah. When they were yeah. gone, we're not going to sell them anymore. But I have other ones. I have a portable one out there that, that actually does sound good and has built-in speakers. And they, like, gave me one to try because I was like, I don't want to bring in your fucking shitty portable <laughs> record player. And he was like, I'll send you one. And he sent me one. And actually, it sounds pretty good. And mm-hmm. I have not had a problem with it skipping at all. You know? Yeah. And... um but it's the equipment is the big thing so yeah. it's so variable and oh i've got this record player that's my you know my grandma's console and it weighs a ton and it's probably doesn't have a good needle and it's not sounding very good you know yeah like um so there's so many variables yeah does it sound better than mp3s for sure anything well that's like cds sound better than mp3s do this is where 
this is a controversial topic, yes. but do CDs sound better than vinyl? Do vinyl sound better than C- Does vinyl sound better than CDs? I don't what's know. Your, I've read what's so your, much. What's your I've opinion? I've read so much shit. Because you can't argue like, with your experience. What's your right. like personal experience? I think they both sound great. Yeah. Honestly, I love CDs. Safe. I think they sound great. They Safe sound they're loud. They sound. <laughs> but like, I've read so much stuff from like Bob Bob Ludwig, who mastered like if you find his Led Zeppelin record versions that he mastered. You get thousands of dollars for them if they're mm. in condition, you know, versus uh, twenty dollars for the regular ones. But Robert Ludwig's done so much stuff, and he says CD sound better. This is like uh, one of the biggest themes in like mastering, yeah. You know, so it's just like, and then some people I've read so much stuff on this, <laughs> um, gone down the rabbit hole on the internet of reading stuff about it, and some people say like the frequencies the human ear can't tell anyway after a certain age. So blah blah blah. Right. I don't know. I think CDs sound good. I think they sound better than MP3s. Yeah. I think vinyl sounds good. You know, you get a different sound. I mean, yeah, you're gonna have pops and clicks sometimes on vinyl. A piece of dust can can affect it. Somebody returned a record the other day because there's two pops in the record. They're so like light, like static pops. I'm just like. Why the fuck are you buying vinyl? Right. Yeah. You know? And I hope they listen. I honestly actually hope that customer listens to this podcast. Right. You know, Scott might not. But, like, why are you buying vinyl if you're picky on, like, two tiny little, like, you know, static pops? Like, Mm. you're missing the point. It's like, it's going to be there because you're going to have, I mean, dust can cause that. Yeah. You know, a a dirty stylus can cause that. It doesn't even have to do with the right. A lot of times the people come in, like, oh, my record skips. Well, you got a shitty record player. You should buy something better. You can buy something for a hundred dollars that won't have that problem. That's not top of the line, but like, yeah. doesn't have built-in speakers. It's gonna it's make a, a difference. Deal. It doesn't yeah. make a difference. I mean, yeah. like, you know, the speakers, the speakers, yeah. speakers, the speakers you use, the receiver you use. Yeah. There's so many variables with vinyl. Yeah, yeah. you know. And I mean, you plug in a tube amp. You plug into yeah. a tube amp, and it's gonna hum. Yeah, it's like it's going to have like a crackle or a hum yeah. in it. Yeah, and it's just like that. That's not the point. You, yeah. that's yeah. part of the. And now we're in this world and, of pristine. Everything's so sterile. And you can do the same. Thing with, like the there's no different part. with the tube receivers. Yeah. You might get a little like feedback. You might yeah. get a little extra like noise. But I think you know? they sound better going through any tubes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whether but, it be a guitar, whether yeah. it be a, a, a vinyl, you know, if you've got a tuner with tubes, I, I think it sounds better. I just think it's warmer. Yeah. Now that might be all in my head. <laughs> just like anything, right? I mean, but it's like guitar players, like they always say, like your hands really make the sound, right? If you know, but it makes a difference if you're playing between a crate amp or if you've got some, you know, Fender yeah. twin. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's going to sound better. It's okay. Kind of so thing. I, cause I do agree with that. It's, you know, it's all in the, it's all in the hands or like right. the bone tone. Some people say <laughs> mm-hmm. whatever it is, like you just, you make, can make something sound great, which I really do agree with what, it, what's the hands in the world of like vinyl equipment. What's like the hands, like what's the uh, most important thing? Is it the neat, like getting a good uh, honestly, needle or stylus? Am probably I, that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably that. But, um, you don't have to have a twenty thousand dollar turntable to make it sound. Good. No, yeah, you, you know, don't. You don't. I mean, you can, and that's where you. I think one of my biggest problems with vinyl is um, just the snobs, the elitists. You get the people that like, oh, the equipment, blah blah blah, and then you've got the people that are like, well, I don't. Oh, this is a new pressing. I'm not gonna buy this. I'm looking for an original pressing, and I'm like, but that record came out in 1992, and that original pressing sounds like fucking garbage, right? Because like the late 70s <laughs> to like the 90s, the pressing's not as good. Yeah. The vinyl quality is not as yeah. good. They're pressed shitty. They're yeah. pumped out. You know, like not like 
just garbage. Like it is interesting because we're in a world that thinks like older's better. There's kind of like this blanket thing, but like back in the day, they're pumping out. And and uh, sometimes it is. You know what? 1960s like Capitol pressings, like Beatles and like Beach Boys Pet Sounds. You can have it, and they look just hammered, and they play perfect, and you're just like, what the fuck? You know, like it, it. yeah like there's stuff like that but then there's stuff like 70s where it's like dynaflex and it's not even real vinyl and you can almost bend it in half without it breaking and you're just like this isn't good and super thin it's just like yeah. you know there's anything it's you can the, hear probably that the, yeah it's probably in the ear of the beholder to be honest right you know um it definitely sounds better than an mp3 and like little shitty earbuds on your phone because it's yeah. all compressed you can tell that in the car yeah you can do it's that night and day listen to an mp3 and the same song on a cd in your car and yeah. the cd sounds louder That's it sounds it. better yep. it sounds way like more a full sound but yep. even like you know? J- you know like you know the jazz records that i do have i like to listen to them on vinyl because i like the pop and a little bit of the surface noise and now that Goes with the sound. Yes. You know? I think that's an older thing. It totally goes too. I feel like that's like a generational thing. It could be. If you grew up with records more, I mean, I didn't like as a little kid, really. I mean, I have those like weird things where I checked out a Guns N' Roses record mm-hmm. and then I put it onto a cassette tape or a Def Leppard record or whatever. And then, you know, um, oh, I remember this Muppets 7-inch and this Star Wars 7-inch. But overall, like when I first started buying music and picking out music it was cassette tapes yeah which don't sound very good at all yeah and then to go to cds you know which sound great yeah <clears throat> you know? i don't know though i wonder <clears throat> if it's part of it is like in our like in our the core of our dna right I, I wonder if part of it is like in our like this tells me that this is real like hearing those things no that, that we don't outgrow that we're like I think about film too, like a film camera, like you've seen the grain, like realizing, yeah. oh, like this, like maybe that's like Polaroids are get, are coming back now because it's like you take a picture and this, like this is real and I yeah. get to hold it and look at it and uh, I feel like those are just reminders of, oh yeah, this I'm listening to something actually like run along a groove and make noise it's funny because if you have ones and a zeros. Polaroid and you take a bunch of Polaroid pictures I bet you look at those Polaroid pictures a lot more than you ever look at the fucking 60 pictures yeah. you, or videos you took at some concert that everyone else did and you never look at again and no one cares right hell yes you know because there's yeah. somebody at that show that shot pro for a yeah. newspaper or a yeah. blog and they have better pictures that you can find from the show you're at anyway. Yes. I mean, or like this w- shitty video that you took for 20 seconds in your Instagram. No one cares about. What are you going to so you can show everyone else what you, you did. You're going to go back and you're there, to that shit. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then you, instead of watching the bands play yourself because right. you're on your phone the whole fucking time. You 100%. Know? Same as buying like, an album yeah. now. Like, versus, you can have it right now. Wherever you are, you can have it. Back uh, in the day, of course, back in the day shit, but <laughs> I, love yeah, it. I mean, you had to go to the record yeah. store and maybe they didn't have it. They need to wait. You need Knew you know? when an album was oh, coming yeah. out. Yeah. Or, oh, like, I, I, or you I, had like a release date. You know? Midnight sales. Yeah. Uh, I just went and saw Sleater Kitty a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, and I, that was my first midnight sale. And I have this memory of like, Dig Me Out came out. It'd been like 1996, and like, I, it's a school night because records came out on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. and it was a Monday night. And I had to like convince my mom. I mean, I would have been like 14. Yeah, 50, uh, I think it was ninety six, so fourteen. Why do you need it tonight? And I have to be like, I want to go to this midnight, and like, obviously my mom's not gonna let me walk like four blocks into downtown Mankato at night, you know, mm-hmm. at midnight. So I had to like convince my brother to drive me, you know, my, who's older, 
and like he, he didn't want to buy anything you know probably and like take me so i can buy this cedar kinney because i wanted it at midnight i don't want to wait till i get off right. school the, yes. the next day you know and then i probably couldn't even listen to it because i probably had to come home yes. and go to bed at midnight and then get up at seven because you couldn't be just on headphones you know at I mean? school just to yeah. like stream it yeah, yeah yeah nowadays so, like, you i could have brought up. my disc man but like you know i probably you know had to go to bed right when i got yes got home or whatever but i i have that experience and i i remember other midnight sales that i went to as well like they're like you know do you remember when you downloaded the fucking Lana Del Rey record or a Kanye West record? These people aren't going to remember this. <laughs> or you wake up the next day and it's already out. Uh, oh, or, shit. Or you wake yeah, up yeah. and you got a fucking U2 album on your <laughs> phone that you don't fucking want. Oh, I've, I've got one. The Midnight Sale I remember the most is uh, I turned um, 21. Let's see. So they were Tuesday release days. So uh, Tuesday, Tuesday was my day. birthday. Okay. And Pearl Jam versus was coming out because tuesday was yeah. like the release day so, for music yeah yes. so okay. monday night you know the power hour right so i turned 21 and <laughs> so i went and bought a six pack of beer then i went over to what kind of beer di- um it's important important detail uh, it's budweiser that's yeah. a great question yes it's budweiser and you remember it, it you remember detail. that you remember, yeah. but i remember yeah. it and then i went right over the record store some beer in your stomach <laughs> yeah. you remember that right. it was like the future and you're just like mm, i want that, that it was, it's in me that know? is like the equivalent right now is white claw like, oh, right. remember oh, that was like yeah. just like what i would get in you all right yeah. yeah so you got you got yeah your, so then right, I got the back, and then i went over and bought the record at midnight and went home and fucking jammed the record probably two or three times and didn't go to class the next day or whatever <laughs> yes. Uh, yes and then, and then later I when i worked that. at a record store i remember all the midnight sales i can tell you all the midnight oh, sales that yeah. that i worked you know in, in both mankato and i i lived in sioux falls and worked at a record store and i can remember these and like they're just like such great memories and like all, all your favorite regulars come and like you have a sale and you give them all discounts. It's great. Yes. And like your friends are all going to be there and like buying records and like, how late were you open? Uh, it was like about 12 30 to one. It was like okay, a yeah. half hour hour, okay. you know? And then like, but you were, everybody was hanging out cause you couldn't sell it until midnight. You can't right. sell until midnight. So you, so you like, close, what? you close the store and then you reopen at midnight. Okay, yeah. what time would like you did? Would you close like right before like ten o'clock? Like regular time when the okay, store would okay, close yeah. at ten, and then and so you I would weren't close like hanging out for like an hour in Sioux Falls. Like I love in Mankato, yeah. I didn't drink, so I don't know what I did. Probably just I, I don't know what I did between What's Taco Bell. Yeah, uh, hammered some dudes. ten o'clock. Yeah, I probably <laughs> drank some do- Mountain Dews at the, oh, yeah. Got the some pizza surge. place or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no surge, only Mountain Dew. Um, strict Mountain Dew. Right? That's the nectar of gods. Um, uh, but in Sioux Falls, I when I I drank alcohol when I worked, and we'd close the record store, and there's a casino in back, which Minnesota people Sioux Falls, yeah. it's video lottery. It's video lottery. It's not a casino. It's video lottery. It's like a yeah. very dark dive bar with a bunch of machines, but they'll give you beer for free as long as this you're is playing, the trick. Yeah. As long as it's a casino, not an actual bar, because bars like have video lottery too. Yeah. If you go to a casino. South Dakota, as long as you're playing the machine, they'll give you beer for free. So I'd put like a dollar in, play five cent p- power kino real slow, and I'd, drink, I'd down like four or five beers, and then I'd go back to work, and then I'd meet my boss. He'd come in for the midnight sale, and he'd bring like, you know, a 12 pack of PBR, and we would just fucking drink. We'd sell the shit, we'd give beers to the customers we liked, and then like, you know, I'd go out to like the frying pan, or it was just like the South Dakota equivalent of like a Denny's, but it's like. Yeah. 
It's called frying pan. F R Y. Yes. Apostrophe. Yeah, end, which yeah. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. You know, and then you right. just hang out with your friends and like they'd all have been there to the store and bought the records or CDs, you know? Yeah. Uh, doesn't happen anymore. It's a lost thing. Yes. It's yeah. a lost thing. I also feel like not as many people meet up at record stores. And maybe this has, I, I don't know, but like I just remember like, oh, we don't have school this day. Hey, let's meet at the record store downtown like at three yes. o'clock. Let's, uh, oh, we're going to go to a show. Let's meet at the record that, store first. Yes. Like it was like a meeting place. I remember like, oh, uh, I'd like meet up with a girl I liked and we'd meet at the record store and then we'd walk It was downtown. almost yeah. an extension of the show because that's yeah. where you buy your music and that's yeah. where music and, happens. And even if it wasn't a you show, you can buy tickets there. Yeah, you, but, and you, yeah. but you're also going it, to a show that yes, night, it, but you bought the record. That, you know, it's just it part was like, of the thing. Yes. It was like the meeting, yes. meeting place oh, yeah. in, in, you know, growing Mankato, the record store's <clears> meeting place. Like, Hell li- yes, oh, thanks. Like literally like, there's a girl I like and we're going to Unless you want one, do another one? We're going to hang out and we meet at the record store and we walk downtown, you know, and we do whatever yeah. kids do and make out in the parking ramp or whatever, you know. <laughs> in the parking yeah. ramp. Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, and that's the spot. And, like, even in Sioux Falls, I feel like that was more of a meetup spot. Yeah. Or, you know, and I haven't lived there for, like, six years. And I don't – it probably isn't like it, that anymore, you know, anywhere maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's here. Maybe people still meet up at – Roadrunner, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah, like I just don't know. Maybe it's just like a lost thing because now people are all on the internet and they have cell phones and you just text. Because that wasn't a thing either, you know. Right. Like, yeah. And like the record store was the center of your scene, your music scene, yeah, your local community scene. You, you know. You remember you those records that you really liked that you discovered and none of your friends had it or anything like oh. that, and then all of a sudden maybe. It- became popular like maybe this was green day for you that all of a sudden they blew up and then all of a sudden you're like uh it's not my thing anymore yeah, yeah. you know what i mean, yeah, I mean yeah. that was my <laughs> thing like when i got <laughs> allison chain's facelift like i just bought that and pearl jam 10 like i had both of those way before they were ever yes. hit big because they were out for quite a while both yeah. records and like it was like on the end cap at whatever for 5.99 and took a chance on it and like loved the record loved it and a year later jeremy blows up for Pearl Jam and all of a sudden these dudes these athletes in my dorm all of a sudden Ugh, they're all yeah, into it and yeah. I'm like maybe this isn't as cool as I thought it was. <laughs> yes uh, oh man yeah. I have that all the time I never was like <laughs> I don't like that anymore but like no but it just tainted it there's something it did, it did. I, uh, I don't know <laughs> Cause it's kind of like that secret. It's like your, it's your yeah. thing. You had the ends. You and your friends had this thing yeah. that you'd found. Yeah. I, I think like most of the time, like by the time I got in like Nirvana and stuff, it was like on MTV and the radio. And same with like Green Day. Like right. I don't know if I was ever like. I'm sure there's something in history. I mean, that you were like had found. Yeah, and there's like I mean I booked it at the drive-in show in 1998 nine in Mankato and like 10 people came and I lost money and I was in high school so like losing money on shows is like that was like four <laughs> weeks of working at the grocery store yes. yeah. you know yeah, fuck, yeah. you know at minimum wage which is what like five bucks you yes. know right. and uh, you know no one came and then like eight months later they're the biggest band and like the people that didn't come that were like oh, wearing at so the drive-in bu- yes. shirts fuck you you yes. know yeah, you that's, fuck that's yes. <laughs> like that but I still like that to drive in I, didn't like yeah, it. I don't right. like them now that all these douchebags yes. I didn't like them it but just sort of was different there was a lot of stuff there, I mean there was a lot of stuff like that yeah about my time where like that band fucking like I saw a Mastodon in Mankato and there's literally I think five people there and I can name all of them yeah like, there's only five people at the fucking show 
you know? And then a year later, like, everyone's wearing Mastodon hoodies. I'm like, where were okay, you guys? Yeah, they played Mankato to five people. Yeah. <laughs> Man, and even, okay, the thought of, uh, even from the band side of that, I'm curious if that's going to even happen anymore, where you have a band, right? They played to, like, five people, like you're saying. And then all of a sudden, they're like, now they're big, and you missed out because you didn't see them. The trajectory of music, like, playing live first and before before the music comes out, it seems almost backwards nowadays. It's all right. about you record. I, I have friends. I think it still happens. I record think that album still happens. I think that, there's still okay. bands that go out and play. It probably depends on like the but genres they probably have like and stuff. But they like, probably have stuff recorded first at least. No, right? not, I don't think not always. Okay, I don't think I think that's that refreshing. Still I would happens. love because I, I would go love to, to go to a show with like a like a band that says like we're a fucking band. Do you have an album? No. Not yet. Well, I go to those shows all the time. There's always there's oh, a, I mean, especially actually Minneapolis has a huge like local scene, metal and punk and and uh, probably other stuff too. Yeah, but, yeah. Like that's what I'm into. That's what I know. But like that bands play shows and then they put out a record and like no one cares and maybe no one will care. Maybe they'll blow up. You know. Yeah. I think that's uh, for sure a legit thing that still happens. And you know it probably happens more in like the punk metal scene where it's like a more DIY. Yeah. ethic uh-huh. and like that's what it's rooted in versus like you know a band playing you know pop music yeah uh okay i i'm not bullshitting when i say i could literally sit here till midnight with you yeah, guys yeah. you guys thank you for sitting down and making time for this i'm gonna have the the on the map if anybody goes to the show notes there's gonna be a, like a location because i feel like if anybody lives in the twin cities they should come here Uh, if someone is, uh, for the people that are listening outside of this, like in, like what's down in the Valley, Instagram, I feel like down in the valley.com website, website, uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys on Instagram? If someone ever wanted to reach out to the two of you or on social media, sure. Any of those places, any of those places, what are you guys on Instagram? Let's just say that's a safe spot. Are you on Instagram? Um, Are you not on Insta? Oh, I'm on personally, Instagram. I don't personally. have a personal Instagram. <laughs> okay. I just have a record label Instagram. Yeah. Which is Init Records, I-N-I-T-R-E-C-O-R-D-S. And it's just pictures of like maybe some records I'm putting out. But also yes. my cat. I have a lot of cat pictures. Hell She's yes. real cute. So I'm in. I'm in. reason to follow me right there. This is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. If you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. (laughs) Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at 
the Rob Morgan, whatever. You, 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 you know the drill. All right, enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, <laughs> I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast, or else I'd have to tell you, podcasting makes me thirsty, and nothing quenches a podcast thirst, whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast, nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey, Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness, because it truly is made of more. That's all. That's it, thanks. <laughs> uh, I love that crap. All right, have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Say the most random thing you can think of. No. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.